All right, welcome everybody to the Los Links Talk Show. The season is back. The WNBA has returned. It will be returning uh, very shortly, and uh, it's time to time to talk about the Lynx all season long right here on this podcast. We'll be having a number of uh, you know different media members, from both national and local, coming on to talk about the team and to preview the 2020 Minnesota Lynx. I could think of no better guest than former Minnesotan himself, R.E.A. Schwartz of Windsider. R.E.A., welcome to the Los Links Talk Show. Thanks for having me. Been a big fan and a longtime listener, so it's an honor to be on the show. All right, yeah, we're 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 here. Rea, um, you know, Windsider uh, is is the website. Is it win, Windsider.com? Is that correct? Windsider.com. Maybe one day Windsider.gov, but for now, <laughs> Windsider.com. <laughs> That's right. You know the website. You know the Twitter handle. You you probably uh, you know as a as a podcast listener, you probably know the Windsider podcast, which uh, is happening. Uh, uh, this season as well, but um, but today we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Minnesota Lynx and what kind of season they might have and some things to to watch for. Um, but first, I want to learn a little bit about uh, what Windsider has up their sleeve for uh, for the, for this season and uh, what, what what we can expect uh, over there. What, what, what do you got cooking up, Arya? We got some cool things cooking up. Uh, if you haven't already seen, you should head over to youtube.com backslash Windsider, uh, where not only can you get all of our podcast episodes, but also we've been doing something that has been a longtime dream of mine, which is we sit down, we call it the Windsider Film Room or the Film Sessions. Uh, we sit down with WNBA coaches and players, and we break down either their team's game or that player's game and, and ask them what's going through their mind when they're making some of the most famous and notable plays of their career. It's been a complete honor for Rachel and I to do this. We've had uh, Candace Dupree, just had Chelsea Gray. We've had Derek Hamby, Renee Montgomery, uh, and a few others. And honestly, it's been one of the most exciting things that we've done in a long time. It was a, a brainchild for a while that we finally been able to make happen. Um, besides that, you know, we pride ourselves in our website, in our articles. So we've been doing lots of articles during the off season, and we're going to continue to do that during the season. Uh, I will tease that we have a big announcement coming Friday. It's not like crazy big or anything. We're not buying a WNBA team or anything <laughs> like that, although that would be amazing. Uh, we call ourselves the W, but I haven't thought about it. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, we have a weekly podcast and we're excited to bring on the infamous, the famous Ben Dull as a regular on the show. Maybe even, I don't know if he's okay with this, but maybe even co-host title. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the stuff we're going to be doing this season and just continuing to uh, to bring the coverage that we always do. And I, I guess now is the perfect time to give a, a shameless plug for Winsider.com. And then also please support us on Patreon.com backslash Winsider. Um, as I always jokingly say, less than a cup of coffee a month uh, goes to support us. And it really, really helps us so that, you know, I can help the staff and the staff isn't working for crumbs, you know? Wow, that's that's a lot. You got a lot going on. I mean, uh, that, that's uh, that's how I know that you guys are passionate over there is because you're always pushing into new frontiers. I mean, the pivot to video. Here we go. I mean, that's that's big time right there. That's that's no easy endeavor to take a whole new medium on. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. Thank the Lord for Zoom and for <laughs> everybody being locked up in their houses and being more willing to see a stranger's face because I feel like it would be much harder to do this. Not saying anything good's come from COVID, but I will say, you know, having people locked up in their houses has given us an opportunity 
uh, to get some film study in, which has been amazing. That's incredible. And of course, uh, having the illustrious Ben Dole on your show is uh, that's a coup right there. That's incredible. That's, uh, you know, he's one of the be- he's been on this show a no- number of times. And, you know, he's one of the best uh, women's basketball minds out there. You know, he knows uh, he knows the college game. He knows the pro game. He's uh, he- that's amazing that you're going to have him on the show. Looking forward to that for sure. But yes, if you're listening to this and you uh, don't know about the Windsider Patreon, make sure you go check that out as well. Um, you guys, uh, you know how it is out here. Women's basketball, women's sports really don't get the coverage that they deserve. And uh, with that comes basically everybody out here is working for free, right? Everybody's, you know, yes. hustling <laughs> and, and kind of have to have other jobs and stuff like that. But these days, uh, with the way the Internet is and the way with journalism is, it's, uh, it's important that you can uh, put your dollar uh uh, out there and uh, support the individual kind of uh, publications and any, anywhere, anything that you like, really. If you like something enough, you know, put, put your money on that, you know. So the Windsider is doing a great job uh, for many, many years, and um, they're going to continue to do that. So, yes, go over to their Patreon, throw them a couple bucks, you know. It's just a little something every month, but it goes a long way because, you know, they have a big team of folks and a growing, ever-growing team of folks, and let's get them paid. Let's get them making some money over there. I know we have uh, is Eric Beck, right? Is your uh, is yes. your Minnesota uh, writer? Uh, I guess uh, for for this year, I sat next to Eric all last year on the uh, in the media area at uh, Target Center, so I got to know him pretty well. He's a very uh, sharp basketball mind himself, knows knows the game well. So yeah, we'll be looking for Eric Beck's work on the links, links specifically. But um, but yeah, let's let's dive in into what uh, Minnesota will look like um, this season. Um, but I guess actually, before we do that, um, Arya, what what about just the over? Do you have any overall thoughts on how you think this WNBA season will go? Uh, I guess just league wide, just sort of looking at the landscape of the IMG experience and the very fast and furious season. Uh, yeah, but before we get into the links, what, what do you think this year, just in general, is going to be like? I, I mean, the first thought that comes to mind is just scary for a plethora of reasons. <laughs> One, because it's like we talk about a WNBA or any season being a marathon, not a sprint. But when you look at the schedule, it it really feels like a sprint. So I'm excited to kind of see what uh, the coaches can do in that regard. Um, Yeah, I I have so many. I I think it's like I'm not a gambling man, but if I would say it's anything, it's like craps because you really don't. I mean, I've been preaching this. There's uh, hopefully hopefully it does not happen. But this thought just keeps popping up in my head. What happens if you have a couple injuries, one or two players test positive for COVID, and then basically your roster is down to five players? What happens from there? Um, I mean, there, there's just so many. I kind of live my mind in the hypotheticals. So, like, there's just so many possibilities of what could hypothetically happen this season that, honestly, it's it's going to be one for the history books. Yeah, I think the, the variability uh, is, is really high this year, and... Uh... Yeah, I think uh, I think they have a good shot to you know make it happen. I think like the fact that it's only twelve teams and like a lower number of people is certainly on their side. But um, yeah, it just seems like the the unknown is especially uh, is especially intense <laughs> this year, and that's what kind of makes it fun. There's like this intrigue of like, dang, what could, what could happen? This is you know I don't know. I feel like in the WNBA especially, there's already kind of a air of like anything can happen in in a way just because the season's a little bit shorter and there's fewer teams and stuff, but um, especially this year, it just seems like uh, we kind of don't really know how things are going to shake out, and and um, but that's kind of the part of the intrigue about it. So hopefully that gets people to tune in. I, I hope so. 
I mean, every, every game is going to have a giant magnifying glass on it. So, you know, it's there's so many things that could seriously just change uh, in one game that could could, you know, domino the whole season into a completely different direction than we thought it was going to go. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully it, it causes more eyes on the team around the league. Totally. All right. Now it's officially time to pivot to the team, uh, the Minnesota Lynx uh, this season um, and talking about what might happen last year, 18 and 16 made it to the playoffs, but then, uh, you know, lost in the single elimination game to Seattle. Um, you know, we got uh, we got a lot of a lot of players, a lot of new players on this team, two rookies, um, Herbert Harrigan and um, and uh, Crystal Dangerfield. Um, and then, um, you know, a few other additions uh, in Shanice Johnson, Rachel Bannum, Kayla Alexander, uh, Megan Huff, um, and, you know, some, and then a, a whole bunch of departures as well. Um, Danielle Robinson um, is on her way out the uh, door. She's, she's in Vegas now. Um, Steph Talbot uh, was traded. Um, Temi Fag Benley opting out this year. Um, Jessica Shepard, uh, injury kind of injury out <laughs> this year. And then Cecilia uh, uh, Zandalassini will be staying in Italy, um, chilling over there. But of course, the big, the big, uh, uh, you know, legend of the Minnesota Lynx and uh, one REA Schwartz's goat, the greatest of yes. all time, I believe, uh, Simone Augustus, not with the team. Uh, this year, she's out. Uh, well, she's in Florida, but she's also in LA. Um, uh, REA, uh, the floor is yours right now to mourn the loss of Simone Augustus. What I mean, go ahead and you know, let us know how you're feeling about it. But then, what do you think Simone's going to do for LA this year? And uh, how, how are you feeling as sort of a former Lynx fan turned journalist about uh, the loss of Simone Augustus? You know, the the first thing that comes to mind, and this is going to sound horrible, was I was hoping that. COVID would cancel the WNBA season. <laughs> and then Simone and the Lynx would rekindle uh, their love for each other. And it would <clears throat> end with Simone playing for the Lynx next year um, and not having ever donned any other team's jersey on the court. Sadly, that did not happen. And yes, I'm well aware that was a ridiculous dream. Um, honestly, I, I think twofold. One, it's not a horrible move for the Lynx. I mean, obviously, it's a, a horrible move in the sense of, you know, the camaraderie and showing the, I don't want to say the respect, but just the relationship between the two of them and, and the storyline of having who Simone is and what she means to this organization and having her never play on another team and finish out with the Lynx. I mean, she would essentially be the first and only kind of that with the Minnesota Lynx. So I think that's obviously not a positive for this team. But you flip it on the other hand, from a play perspective, she's at the tail end of her career. Um, and so I don't think it's going to hurt the team play wise as much as uh, the as much as I want to say it would, I guess. But on the other hand, then you look at L.A., I would say and you got a lot of hands here. Uh, I would say that <laughs> um, it's actually a great move for L.A. to have someone like Simone, on a team that's going to, as most are projecting, be a contender for the championship this year, that is a huge positive. She still has gas left in the tank, but not the type of gas that, you know, you put the team on her back. And I, I think she's in a position where she kind of overflows, uh, the cup overfloweth or whatever the phrase is, for that LA Sparks team and can really help them in many ways. I don't expect her to be a starter for the Sparks. I expect her to have limited minutes, but I also 
you know, she's still, and I will go to my grave saying this, the greatest women's basketball player in the WNBA's history. I know a lot of people argue me on that. Let's go. Meet me in the alleyway and let and let's fight with words. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a great addition for the Sparks. Um, and and it really helps them out and solidifies them as a contender in my mind. Yeah, for the Lynx, it feels more of like a sort of cultural hit or just sort of more of like a legacy hit rather than, you know, any sort of big negative on, you know, what how how they're how many games they're gonna win this year or something like that. So um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of how her minutes shake out in LA, how her body is, you know, it's She's getting pretty creaky, as you said, towards the end of her career, especially kind of defensively. It's like hard to hard to see how she can kind of stay on the floor um, for too long, I guess. But I'm really excited to watch the Sparks this year. Like you said, I think they're going to be. I don't know. I think I think they're the best team in the league, or the best chance to win a title anyway. So. Yeah, I disagree. I, I respectfully disagree on that one. But yeah, uh, well, I, I like but. Seattle too, but I just have questions about the injuries and stuff like that, right? I hear you know? you. So I hear that's you. a little hard. And I just love, I love that the Sparks, you know, have have uh, you know kind of the big three of Parker and Gray and 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 Neca and, and and the continuity there. I think continuity is going to be kind of the main ingredient to um, you know having a number one or number two seed this year. And um, I, I think they'll be one of those. But yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a handful of teams at the top and. That's again just with the variability of how this season will go. It's like, oh yeah, there's like five teams that can win the title maybe or something like that, six teams or something. So it's like that's fun because it's like it really it gives you this air of like we don't really know what's going to happen here. It's not just like two clear cut teams at the top. So, um, but yeah, I expect LA to be pretty high on that. Okay, so we talked about the players that are coming and going. Um, you know, so looking at the roster, looking at the the teams. Uh, roster of, of players that will uh, you know be out there this season. Uh, you know we're we're recording this uh, a few days uh, before the season actually starts, but it seems like the starting lineup will be Shanice Johnson at point guard, Lexi Brown at the shooting guard, Nafisa Collier Collier, Collier uh, at uh, small forward, Demaris Dantas power forward, and Sill at center. And then probably the next five you're looking at are uh, Rachel Banham. Uh, who else do we have here? Crystal Dangerfield, uh, Christmas Kelly, um, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, and Kayla Alexander. Those seem like the ten that are going to like probably play the most um, in this situation. So I don't know what what when we look at the look at this team, look at that roster, look at what we know from last year. Um, just generally, what are your general thoughts on on how this team will play and sort of how they might fare? So I'm gonna you know call myself out. As I was prepping for this podcast, I, the first thing that popped into my mind was, all right, we added tons of offensive firepower, which in my mind was a huge issue last year. But another thing is it wasn't just offensive firepower. It was because of the lack of offensive firepower, many things happened. One of the things that I consistently noticed in the eye test was the inability to get the ball to sill in good position. And uh, if you ask me, Sill did not have a great season last year. I know some people would argue differently. I, I'm not saying she's not the greatest center in WNBA history. I'm, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying, in her regard, she didn't have that great of a season. I saw a lot of missed opportunities uh, in rebounds and layups, and honestly, just feeding her the ball down low. So my question is, and my hope is, that getting more offensive firepower kind of spreads out the defense, which causes an ability uh, for Sill to be a little bit more open down on the block. Also, um, the part that I was going to call myself out on is the second thing that I thought of was their defense wasn't as good as I expect the Lynx defense to be. And then I went and I looked at the stats 
And I got to say, I was wrong. Last year, the team had the second best defensive rating, I believe only behind Vegas. So I guess my question looking at this roster is, the give and take of when you add that offensive firepower, can you stay consistent to what we've seen in the past defensively? Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the, you know, Sylvia last year, I think going back to that point, I I guess I would call her season last year just frustrating. And I think that just like from her, I think she would call it that too. I think her frustration level was very high last year, you know, having, having an extra player guarding her just sitting in her lap, you know, and, and yeah, the the post-entry passes were hard to come by. And so, yeah, I think she, you know, Sil Sil was okay, but like the scheme didn't really necessarily work that well in order to get her the ball in the best position all the time, or have the offense really, you know, work cleanly around her. And they definitely seem to have, you know, uh, addressed that with extra shooting um, and things like that. But yeah, you wonder about the defense then this year. I mean, Danielle Robinson, you know, th- that's that's the t- the give and take, right? Danielle Robinson does not shoot threes. Um, does not spread the floor for Sill, so you're going to have problems on that end. Uh, but on the other hand, you know she's a great defender. She's pesky. She's quick. Uh, she she plays hard. Um, so I feel like that is kind of the main trade off that you're going to see this year, um, as far as you know on the floor and, and spacing for Sills. It's like okay, you have you know Shanice Johnson or Lexi Brown out there instead now, and what you know we know you know especially Lexi and, and, and Rachel Bantam, you know they, they can shoot the ball, but it's like what are they going to give you on the other end? How how far? Mm-hmm. How much is that going to take a hit to your defense? And you know the links hang their hat on two things: defense and rebounding. And, and Cheryl, will, <laughs> that's how Cheryl is. You know if Cheryl's the coach, that's how it's going to be. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of square that this season because you do need to show a little bit more um, love to the offense and to you know having the spacing out there and I think that is going to improve but the question is can they still have a you know top four defense can they be third in defense or second you know I don't know if they obviously they want to be first and maybe they can still do that as well Um, but yeah that's going to be an overall kind of push and pull I think to this season right well that yeah that's funny that when you brought up uh, Cheryl talking about you know I think you brought up Cheryl talking about kind of like defensive rebounding. Mm -hmm. The funny thing to me is when she talks about it, it's one of the greatest coaches in WNBA history talking about those two things that she kind of builds her team around. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt when she says, our team's not rebounding like I want them to be. Our team's not playing defense like I want them to be. She wants them to be record setting number one in this league. So when she says that they still might be a top three defensive and rebounding team in this league, but that's not living up to what her standard is. So I think it's really hard until we get into the season to truly understand defensively and rebounding. Cause as of now, it's like a couple B roll films, maybe yeah. a, a few quotes about it, but we can't really get an understanding. Cause she like, that is a, a, a Cheryl Reeve expectation. Right. And as you're saying, her bar is quite high. So it's like, you're asking about it, you're thinking about it, but it's like, okay, what about like the normal lens rather than like the Cheryl Reeve lens? But uh, I guess that's a good thing. And that's why they've been so great over the years in those departments is she accepts nothing less, you know? So you kind of have to, it's her way or the highway as far as that stuff goes. If you, if you rebound and if you're playing defense, you're probably going to play. If you're not, well, they're going to find somebody else probably. So um, yeah, that's, that's something to watch this year as well. Uh, Another big thing I think this year is, um, is year two Nafisa Collier? Um, mm-hmm. You know what? You know what do you see from her this year? Obviously, you know, you know, rookie of the year last year, and it was just incredible, and kind of exceeded a lot of expectations. Um, led the league in minutes. Uh, just was out there all the time. Uh, what can we expect from her? What are you expecting from her um, as far as taking steps to build upon her rookie year this year? 
I mean, first of all, I just want to say that I, I have been a huge, huge uh, fan of Nafisa because what she has done, and I don't think she got enough credit because she doesn't play flashy ball. Um, and, you know, there's all the, the debate last year of Rookie of the Year between her and Enrique, and Enrique's flashy, and Nafisa is just like hard nose, work my tail off, and, you know, get get to the paint, do what I need to do. She's a great shooter. She's a great defender. Um, honestly, give her a few years. I always say, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later when we touch on some other players, but I always say, like, it takes three to five years in that realm of, of time to figure out how good a player is truly in the W because the season's short, there's a huge off season. Um, and even typically in most sports, you give them like three years before you fully understand kind of where they're plateauing or if they're still growing or, or what the deal is. I'm so curious of what a realistic growth for her is because she was so good last year. And will we see a slump? Will we see a slump in the sense of, her kind of still playing what we saw last year. Will we truly call that a slump if she doesn't make leaps from last year? I'd like to think that she plays better, but you know, she was a vet last year, honestly. Uh, So like, I feel the team itself will be much better if they don't rely on her as much as they did last year. Um, And that's going to be a huge, huge aspect of how good this team does. But also I think, you know, you were breaking down the roster when you talk about the roster, that roster kind of, alleviates a lot of pressure on the shoulders in Fisa Collier. I know she's talked about a lot in, in the Zoom conferences, or do we just call them conferences at this point? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. They're the only conferences. Exactly. So, <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah, because we're a conference-less league, right? Um, so, oh, too many puns. Um, but the thing that I really am excited about is she's talked about expanding her game, shooting a little bit better, shooting more three balls. And when I think of Nafisa, I don't necessarily think of her as a shooter. And I'm not saying that as a knock to her. I'm saying that because the things that stood out to me is how good and flexible she was defensively. Like, she can cover an Elena Deladon-style player. Obviously, Elena Deladon's still going to get hers. But, like, she's the type of player who can really, you know, we talk about offensively being a one through five. Nafisa's the type of player who's defensively, you know, that positionless player offensively she's also but the first thing that comes to mind when I think of her is her defense and I think this year we're going to see much more of her being a spark plug offensively yeah I think that that, that's right and you know definitely you know the three-point shot it's it's serviceable you know I think I think she was kind of league average-ish um last year but you know that's definitely you don't you you know they're not they're not guarding her to bomb bomb away from out there so I, I think that is an area of growth that she can add is to see how if she can get a few more of those threes up and maybe keep her percentage about the same um but but yeah she's more of an off-ball threat she's almost better when she doesn't have the ball and can sneak in behind the defense and she's just so clever with that kind of stuff or duck in for a post up and you know it's more about her IQ and the way she can you know just play within an offense I feel like that's sort of her main offensive um, skill and so it'll be interesting to see if they do just put the ball in her hands more and 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 you know kind of make her more the the fulcrum in a way um, that'll be interesting and then yeah I think defensively you're right too it's it's kind of it's a little bit underrated for her I think like how versatile she can be and she's got those long arms and she's got just great size to cover a lot of different positions so yeah I think you nailed it with what we can expect this year from her and I think we need to maybe I think she, you know she was the rookie of the year last year and I think she's you know she's shaping up to potentially be the face of the links here for the next 
many years, but I think it's also wise to pump the brakes a little bit and realize that it's still a second year player, kind of what you're saying about, you know, there's just not that much minutes to go around in, in a WNBA season and, and reps and stuff and like that are hard to come by. So especially this year with only 22 games. So, you know, I think if she can stay at the level she was last year and add a few things here or there, I think that will be um, that will be nice. I mean, she's already an all-star. She's already accomplished so much. To, so to think of her as jumping into a, you know top 10 status or top 20 status even this year might be a little bit much. It's like, all right, it's only her second year, so let's be careful not to run away with this stuff, I guess is what I'm trying to say for this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say I wouldn't be a, a top 20 status for her in this coming season. I wouldn't be shocked with. I mean, l- like you're saying, let's be realistic. She's not Brianna Stewart. She's not Maya Moore. And that's not a knock against her. Those were generational talents who came into this league. I mean, she's not a Simone Augustus. I had to throw that in there. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she's not. She is an amazing player. And the player that I consistently see, and a lot of people are going to give me flack considering what I just said about not being a Stewie and more an Augustus. But she reminds me so much of Tamika Ketchings, like Mm. so much um, that it's really scary what her ceiling could be yeah yeah it's going to be great to watch her this year and yeah i think you know she's gonna she might lead the league of minutes again you know i think i think cheryl even said it that cleanly uh, just the other day is that that might be happening again so she's gonna be out there she's gonna get all she can eat and be interested to see uh how that works this year let's pivot to um some other interesting players some other youngish players here on this team and i think it's interesting um you know with uh you know uh, we have uh, odyssey sims who is uh you know potentially playing this year i guess i wouldn't bet on it just because of how short the league the season is this year it's like there's some idea that oh she could come back and play half the season or play the end of the season or something but i don't know uh, unless she is really driven to do that and we have no idea what that's about this year for her um you know i just i kind of can see I, I if i was betting on it i would bet that they shelve her for the year and say hey just rest up you know get yourself in order to come back next year but we'll see on that but you know the guard position for the Lynx this year is so interesting Uh, they bring in Shanice Johnson who again at this point kind of seems like she's the starting one Um, but then they also um, bring in Rachel Bannum in a trade uh, for Stephanie Talbot Um, and then kind of the you know then of course drafting Crystal Dangerfield and then also we have uh, we have uh, uh, Lexi Brown who was on the team last year but came off the bench it seems like Lexi's going to get a lot more minutes this year so I'm looking at Lexi I'm looking at Rachel Bannum and I feel like they both are kind of similar players at least with like you know their status in the league and kind of what they're trying to do you know youngish players trying to make that next step so I think it'll be interesting to kind of watch the two of them this year and kind of see who not that there's a battle you know it's not some quarterback battle or something like that but you know I do think there's they're kind of redundant in some ways and in a lot of ways this year is about figuring out between the two of them which one to go with I haven't seen it put that cleanly any anyway but I don't know do you what do you think about that idea and um how do you how, how do you you know take stock of these two players this year and what they can give the links yeah, well, first I want to touch on Odyssey Sims. I mean, if I'm her, I don't play because I'm pretty sure yeah. based on the new CBA, she gets paid maternity leave. Oh, so, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get into the, the the nooks and crannies about it, but like, I mean, just based off of what I've understood of the whole thing of the CBA was, you know, better for mothers, better for parents and all that jazz. So my assumption is why not take the extra time to really hone your craft, get in better shape and like, why risk anything with all the uncertainty of COVID? Yeah, uh, it seems just, like there's not a lot for sense. her to gain by playing. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll touch on that later because yeah. maybe maybe I got a hot take links winning Ooh. it all. But um, <laughs> talking about uh, Lexi and Rachel, I think it's really interesting because at first I did not think that they were that similar at all when I thought about it. And then, sorry, when I first like skimmed the surface, then I started to think about it more because when I think about Lexi Brown, I think electric shooter, just a player who we talk about Raquana Williams being a microwave can just heat up in a moment's instance. That's what I think of when I think of Lexi Brown. But throughout this whole offseason, she has been pushing the narrative that I am more than just a three-point shooter. I can do more. I've been working this offseason to be a three-level scorer. And I respect that and I understand that. And probably the biggest thing that she brought up to me was in college, she played a true point guard for the most part. And when she came into the league, she that's what she was asked to do. She wasn't the right fit for Connecticut. We know that. She's in a much better position in Minnesota, and obviously the role she played last year is not going to be the same role she's going to play this year. It's going to be expanded. It's going to be a little bit different. Bantam has an eerily similar history, you know, where she went to Connecticut. She was asked to basically shoot three balls, do a little bit more. Um, So, like, it's not crazy, in my opinion, to say it's a toss-up, and I know I've been stressing this three- to five-year growth period thing, and they both fall into that. Uh, maybe Bantam's right out of it. I should have written down how how many league years she's been in the league, but I'm pretty sure she's still within that range. Um, so to me, with the two of them, it's it's pretty much kind of a picking which is more of your flavor, uh, which you which style you prefer a little bit more. And for me, it's Lexi. I mean, she just has a little bit more of that unknown. I think she has a slightly higher ceiling just based off what we've seen so far. Um, and for me, Bantam, honestly, I was... Not shocked when the Lynx signed her or traded for her, whatever it was in the end. Um, but I was more just confused of how this truly benefits this team. And and honestly, I haven't seen anything from Bannon. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope she has more in the tank. I loved her in Minnesota uh, for the Golden Gophers. Shout out to the U. To the U. Um, I was a big fan of her when she went to Connecticut and was hoping for big things from her. But I just haven't really seen the splashes that I'd like to, to get me that excited as opposed to Lexi, who has had those moments where you're like, whoa. And you know, you look at, you look at the stats breakdown and that's, it kind of runs with that also where you kind of think about it and you're like, huh, we've seen a little bit more of a splash. All the stats are a little bit better for, for Lexi. So I'm, I'm leaning Lexi. Yeah, she's younger. Um, you know, she's she just feels Lexi definitely feels like there's sort of more to explore there. There's more maybe under the surface, um, potentially where it's like Rachel's had a little bit more time and um, maybe he's a little more limited. But I think it's just interesting because I think both these players fall into the camp of kind of what you just said of like they're beating the drum of hey, I'm not just a shooter. I can do more. I can distribute the ball. I can create shots for others, and I can defend. And it's just going to be interesting because I think both these players are going to get a shot and it's put up or shut up time for both of them. It's like, you're going to get the minutes. You're going to get all you can eat. I mean, maybe not as much as, as Nafisa, but, um, you know, I think both these players, especially Lexi, are going to get a lot of minutes and we're going to get to find out um, what they do with starter level minutes in Lexi's case. And I, you know, I think Rachel will be pretty up, pretty up there as far as a bench player, um, as far as minutes go as well. So it just, I think it's just going to be re- really on display. Can you really do these other things? Can you really throw a, uh, a post-entry pass to the sill like that stuff as we saw last year isn't as easy as it sounds and these are the types of things that you need to be able to do at the WNBA level to be a point guard and set other people up so I just think that's going to be an interesting kind of roster uh, situation to watch 
Um, you know, Cheryl's been a little bit down on, on the rookies, I guess, so far, uh, as far as the, the conferences go, as the press conferences. You know, not saying that they've been bad, but really more just saying, hey, they're young, they're rookies, we're still teaching them, they have a long way to go. Um, you know, I think Kiki um, will get a, uh, her share of minutes, you know, backing up Dantes at the four. Um, this year, Dangerfield, I'm a little less sure that she will see playing time. There's just so many veteran guards who are ahead of her. So I think it's just more of a roster crunch. But hey, injuries happen and they got to be ready to go. So I'm sure she'll get some time at some point this year. But I don't know. What do you think about what the Lynx have as far as their two rookies and, and what do you expect from them this year? Honestly, like for me, Kiki, I'm I'm still confused by that draft pick. I know <laughs> we, we've all seen it. And, and I think it's more of a situation where they go, we really like this player. She might not be, you know, an Afisa Collier level this season, but she's somebody who a few years down the road or maybe even one year down the road will be someone who we can really start and, and play as a consistent player in the system. That being said, I'm, I'm still confused by it, but I hear where she was coming from. Personally, I would I still would have loved to see Ty Harris in the Lynx blue instead of the wings blue. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit confused on that one, but I do like the crystal, da- uh, crystal danger as I like to call her. Um, cause <laughs> she can be, that. yeah, right. You run with it, man. Like she can be really dangerous. She is such an underdog, uh, so underrated, a player who a lot of early WNBA mock drafts had the links taking. Um, and then, you know, as mock drafts do, you got to change it. Cause it, why are you doing five versions of it? If it's the same thing over and over, um, but she's someone who I, I agree it's going to be tough for her to get minutes, but she's the type of player who I would not shock to uh, see her show Cheryl what Cheryl likes to see from players, which is hard work and trying to do the best you can and take advantage of all your minutes. And not necessarily like going in there and kind of playing with that attitude of I should be there, but more so going in there and going in with the attitude of I'm going to use every second I'm out here to prove why they need to you know, make the tough decisions about who they're taking off to put me in there. I mean, she shot 40% from three during her college career, which I really, really like. Granted, she was only taking around three, uh, three pointers per game. uh, If my stats are correct, according to the UConn website. Um, But I I mean, honestly, like that's another good opportunity. And I wouldn't be shocked to see her take some minutes away from some of the other guards, because, you know, for me, Shanice Johnson's still coming back from an injury and even cream of Christmas Kelly, who obviously they don't pay the same position, but like these are people where we look at them as going to take up KCK and Shanice taking up a lot of minutes, but we also have to be realistic about at least early in the season, not ramping them up too much where we, you know, trigger an injury again, God forbid. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some early season minutes and it's all going to depend on how she plays. Yeah, I think I think Lynx fans really want to see Dangerfield at least see what she can do. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those in, potential injuries or just you know how that roster shakes out um, with that. Because yeah, you talk about Karima, you talk about Shanice. If one of them goes down, you have even though Karima plays the three um, strictly, you know, it just it creates a, a movement within the roster that could unlock some time um, at the one there for Dangerfield um, on, on backing up someone or who knows even starting. I have no idea. It's such there's with all these guards, those four guards, it's just like anything could really happen as far as the shuffling of them goes when you throw an injury and there's a rookie 
rookie and two of them are kind of more shooting guards than point guards potentially. So it's like, wow, it, there's just so much that could potentially I could see those four players just like being interchangeable in certain ways or, you know, or even, you know, if we take Cheryl at her word, like Dangerfield won't see the court very much this year. Like I could totally see either of those things kind of happening. And so it just adds to our, I guess, overall theme here of kind of intrigue and the unknown uh, being such a powerful force. Uh, this year in the WNBA, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think we kind of talked about a lot of these players. I mean, Sylvia, obviously the best player on the team, uh, and the offense will be run through her. And we kind of touched on a little bit how we expect. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I kind of feel bad. We haven't really talked about Syl. She's a legend and she's so <laughs> great. But that's kind of why we're not talking about her, is there because she's so steady typically, and you know, you kind of know what you're getting from her. Whereas there's a lot more uh, kind of question marks and hey, we'll see what's happening here. Where it's just like you expect greatness from Syl, even last year with a little bit of disappointment or frustration still a great year still an all-star season for her um so yeah i think we kind of uh, worked through that i think they're gonna be a pretty deep team i mean i like having um christmas kelly coming off the bench you know bantam and and uh you know even though harrigan's a rookie you know see what she can bring and kayla alexander by all, all um uh, by all accounts, is just a super serviceable two-way center, you know, that can do some things. So I like the depth on this team, too. But you put it all together, and I don't know. What, what do you see kind of for this team this year? Um, you know, I don't know if I need a specific win total, but wh- where do you see this team, you know, ending the season as far as making the playoffs or not making the playoffs? Are they on the outside looking in, or are they, are they in, in the playoffs at the end of the year? What's going to happen? Oh, the they're in the playoffs. Okay, I, okay. I have no question about that. I mean, I kind of look at this team where you have two players, Sill and Nafisa, who would be starters on almost any team in this league, sure. like two bona fide star starters. Cool. The rest of the roster, while it's deep, um, I would push the narrative, or I don't necessarily a narrative, but I would push the idea that we're talking about some players who are solid players and we have a lot of depth, but none of them really stand out as must be starters. And that's not a knock to any of them. Like these are players who almost all of them, I would be happy to have as my sixth or seventh person off the bench. And I'm talking about sixth or seventh on a championship team. So don't get it twisted. Like this isn't a knock against them. Um, I think the real question is some of these players have yet to fully prove themselves. If they can prove themselves And this is kind of the mindset that I'm going into the season. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. There's, you know, so many teams, you know, five, six teams that really could feasibly win it all. I'm not going to sit here and make a hot take and say the Lynx are going to win it all. You heard it here first. But what I will say is a team like the Lynx this season is a team that is built to shock the league. Are they going to win it all? I'd put money on no, unless you really want to like cash in. Um, But that being said, a well-coached team with two all-stars, the greatest center in league history, and a Roy in her second year looking to build off that with a bunch of serviceable and legit players filling up the rest of this roster and then a couple of young people. Like, this is a roster that is going to make the playoffs. This is a roster that is probably going to be in a, you know, a one-and-done situation early on in the playoffs. Would I be shocked for them to win it there and make it to a series? No. In fact, honestly... I'd be a little bit upset if they didn't. Maybe that's a little bit of the Homer and me, you know, peeking its head out. Um, But that's just how I feel about this team. I I think a a team that is well coached and has this type of roster is not going to be as bad as many people think. And I'm not saying that in the sense of, you know, everyone's counting the links out, but I haven't heard anybody talk about the links at all. The links kind of 
fall in this weird crap where everyone's talking about these five, six teams who possibly could win it. You know, I believe they could win it. I believe they could win it. And then these teams who are like, yeah, they're going to get better, but they're still not anywhere near it. Um, and the links kind of fall in between where like, I have not seen the links be mentioned by really anybody. Yeah. They're, they're a little bit, uh, a little bit sleepery right now, I guess you'd say, but yeah, I think you're right that the links have what, what I say is a, a pretty high floor to their season this year. Like I, I don't see other than injuries, which every team potentially has to deal with. I don't see them, you know, really bottoming out and having just a terrible year. Like I think they're at least going to be uh, a 500 team, you know, and, 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 you know, hopefully a, a, game, a few games above that, you know. So, you know, I, I think that, the, again, with, with just the veterans they have with the pretty, you know, deep team, I think that's going to carry them a long way, and, and especially relying on defense. And like you said, the coach with Cheryl and everything, like she just gets you to a certain amount of wins every single year just with her experience and how she runs the team. So, yeah, I think you're walking in with that kind of mentality. And then the question is just the ceiling. That's, that's just kind of hard to know. You know, I think they have a high floor, but the questionable ceiling – about how great they can be, um, especially in a playoffs um, situation. So it'll, it'll be fun to watch, and I'm just excited to get the whole league going again. I mean, it's just coming up quick and this weekend, and uh, we'll be off and running. And before we know it, it'll all be over. So we have to remember this year to enjoy it, right? We have to savor yeah. savor every game because there's going to be three per day. So I hope we get some uh, – we're going to be binging games all, all week long, right? Oh, God, yeah. No, uh, I think anyone who – lives with anybody else is going to be in a situation where there's going to be some frustration. Uh, if you're a diehard fan or a, or a reporter who, who's planning on following a majority of the games, I mean, you are going to be very busy. I mean, we, none of us have been busy in the sense that we're all used to over the past few months and you're about to get real busy over the next uh seven weeks or so that's right so uh yeah make sure you're following the crazy madness of this season over at uh winsider at win s-i-d-r um i believe is that right i hope i said yep. that right yep on uh, no, twitter yeah, and we're all about the w there it is all about the w and then rea has his own uh new twitter account you can follow his deep personal thoughts about the stuff at uh, <laughs> winsider rea uh winsider a-r-y-e-h um so check him out uh on twitter as well and like we said before make sure you subscribe to the winsider patreon they uh, have some great offerings over there, but also it's just enough just to, um, you know, again, sort of help fund and help support um, the great work they're doing over there and just people who are dedicating themselves to covering women's sports and women's basketball. So uh, throw a couple bucks their way if you can. And, uh, yeah, R.A., thank you so much uh, for being on this podcast. We miss you out in Minnesota, and someday when we can travel again, you'll be, I know you'll be coming back to this state to hang, and we'll, we'll have a good time together. Yes, and thank you so much for having me on. It's honestly been an honor, a pleasure. Like I was not joking. Uh, I've been a huge fan of this podcast for a very long time. It was the first ever WNBA podcast I ever listened to Aww. and was a huge inspiration to start my own podcast. So uh, I tip my cap. You can't see me, but I'm tipping my cap to you, sir. Oh, I feel, I feel that cap tip right there. Thank you so much. And, yeah, we want to keep growing the, growing the game and growing the coverage overall, but also the specific areas, the podcast. And, like, you're doing video. We need more video about the WNBA as well. You know, we got lots of people writing, and that's great, but let's keep expanding. Other mediums, that's, that's what we're trying to do, and that's what Winsider's doing. So, yes, go follow them. Go follow REA. Thanks for being on the show.